You're listening to Emphasis On Air, the new podcast from the PHA UK, talking all things PH and what matters to you. Hi, I'm Sean. Hey up, I'm John. Hi, I'm Mary. And together we're all part of Team PHA UK. Well, welcome everybody. You're here with us for the third episode of Emphasis on Air. Thank you for joining us. So we've got a mixed bag for you on today's episode. We're talking about what we've been up to to help you make the most of fundraising, why our research matters, and of course, we'll be sharing some things that have made us smile over the last couple of weeks. So John, you've been designing some new fundraising bits this year, haven't you? Can you tell us a little bit about what's been going on? Yeah, that's right. It's been an ongoing thing throughout the year, really, and it splits into different um, different parts. So it ties in with us revamping the new uh, revamping the website. Uh, so there's now a new fundraising part on the website uh, that's got more content on it to help you uh, to help uh, give people ideas about what they could do and uh, why it's important for us, etc. Uh, and so. Uh, the first thing you'll come to when people visit that part of the website is that we've put together a new piece of animation, a new uh, a new film, uh, which acts as a really good introduction. So I think if people were interested in in finding out a bit more about how to get into it and, and why we why we ask people to fundraise for PHA UK, just watching that short bit of animation uh, sets the scene really well. And that can be found on our website at www.phauk.org. That's right. Yeah, well done. Great plug. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, and then from a uh, ultimately the sort of most practical thing is that we've uh, put together a new toolkit, uh, a new pack that people can uh, contact the PHA and uh, request. And so what we've done there is we looked at uh, we did some research and looked at what other charities were doing, uh, national charities, what they were offering, and there were some really interesting things out there. Um, that we've, um, I wouldn't say copied, but um, taken a, inspiration from, being inspired by, being yeah. inspired by a homage to, um, so that, um, so let me think. Some of the particular items are well, there's posters uh, where people, uh, what I'd call an empty belly poster. So posters where they can fill in their own details about the actual event, uh, but the poster itself designed nice and sort of colourful. Uh, so they can write on if they're doing a, a tea morning or a raffle or a, some other sponsored event and where it's at, when it's at, uh, what times and things like that, and contact details and stuff. So practical help from that point of view, but with something that's got a bit of sort of a pizzazz to it, um, rather than people having to sort of go and sit and try and design their own posters, that kind of thing. Uh there are other stuff like uh, flags and name cards for if you're doing a bake sale. Um, and then there's general bunting and balloons uh, and some posters um, to get over some of the facts about uh, pH. So people can use their events and fundraising to raise awareness and <coughs> help educate as well as raising money, which is equally as important, isn't it? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yes. I, I suppose well, it'd be worth mentioning, John, because... Um, in the in the the toolkit, the fundraising pack itself, it's kind of a mixed bag, isn't it? Because what we tried to do was make it so that no matter what your event was, there was something in there for you, and maybe it'd even inspire you to do something else. So, say you're doing a 
because in the past people have phoned me up and said, oh, well, I'm doing a run and you sent me some cake bake sale things. So, well, maybe you want to do a bake sale as well. Oh, well, actually, yeah. Yeah. Make a cracking bit of parking. Yeah. Um, so if it's, it's sort of a, it's a, it's a cure all great for everybody, you know, it gives you ideas as well as just gives you sort of resources to do your own stuff. It gives you ideas to do other things as well. Yeah, that's right. I want to try and come up with a, 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 a mixture of things that were, yeah, like, like Sean was saying, as, as useful as possible and as varied as, as possible. But we've also been mindful of not spending millions of pounds on these things. So they are, you know, the, the, the predominantly, predominantly paper-based items. Um, so they they not cost a lot of money to, to produce. You do have to cut out your own bunting, guys. Yeah, that's part of people getting involved in it. Arts and crafts. Everybody loves arts and crafts. And I think we need to refer to that, to, to pick up that reference from Sean about parking, because we're not talking about your car. It's no, not, no. not a Yorkshire slang. We're talking about the Yorkshire delicacy. No, no, it really is nice, isn't it? Yeah. Bonfire night. People have to Google it and find out what it, ask what it is. So before we go too far off topic, <laughs> um, one of the things that um, is probably worth talking about for the fundraising pack is the name sheets that people can wear if they're doing a run, taking on some kind of physical challenge, or they could just wear them while they're standing and doing a bake sale. But it's just a chance to wear the name of a loved one. Maybe you've lost a loved one to PH. Maybe you know someone who's living with PH and you're doing your fundraising in their name. It's just a chance to personalise your fundraising and keep that person close to your chest. Yeah, that's right. Um, so John, could you tell us a little bit more about the, the name tags and what they look like and how people might wear them? Yeah, so they're like pin badges. So I just did created those as a simple uh, sheet. Um, as you see, if you see people doing a fun run and they've sort of got the name, the, the race number pinned to the sheet. So it's the same kind of, um, same idea as that. But they can write on it. We've done it in a special... Um, spe- special material that's waterproof. So if you're doing something that's particularly sweaty, you're not going to end up with a soggy bit of paper stuck to your chest. Um, but yeah, they can write on that with, with let's say, with the loved one's name. I'm doing it for. I'm fighting for, etc. Um, hopefully, it'll give people a bit more um, motivation. Maybe when things are, you know, getting tough in the sort of last mile or whatever. Um, the other thing that's important to mention in the toolkit is that we've actually produced a guidebook. Um, so that goes into detail about uh, giving people ideas about the sort of things they could do, uh, practical advice on how to donate the money uh, uh, back to the PHA. Uh, so it's bit we, the content of that has been uh, put together based on questions that Sean's been asked in the office over time. So that um, hopefully that's a, a sort of uh, something to keep hold of and refer to if people become serial fundraisers for us. <laughs> <laughs> Not serial killers, serial fundraisers. <laughs> serial fundraisers. Serial fundraisers, yeah. And, um, and how can people request one of these packs, Sean? They're free, aren't they? Obviously, no charge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we want to make it as easy as we possibly can for people to fundraise. But the uh, the simplest way is uh, on our website in the fundraising area that John mentioned, there's a, a request your fundraising kit option. And, and on there, you just fill in your know, really basic details, name, address. Um, and we'll get that sent out to you. Or you can always contact us directly. So a telephone number. 01709761450 or by email uh, office at phauk.org and either me or Paul will be happy to send one out for you straight away. So yes, yeah, so overall designed it to be really colourful uh, and vibrant um, to get people's attention and to be inspiring and, and motivating and, and 
and have give people something that looks professional um, to attach their uh, their activity to. And then the other thing to mention um, is that as part of the Revout website and the new fundraising section, uh, we've created these spotlights. Yeah, so um, over the years, we um, we obviously like to celebrate those people who kindly fundraise for us and we quite often will um, feature their stories on our website in our member magazine emphasis. And we just thought it'd be a nice, useful addition to the new fundraising section of the website to feature these spotlights on the different ways that people have raised money for us over the years, how they've done it, what their motivations have been, just uh, to inspire people and also to show that we really do appreciate and recognise your efforts. Fancy a chance of winning up to £25,000 before Christmas? Playing the PHA UK Lottery is an easy and affordable way to support our charity. Paying just £1 per week gives you a chance to win the big prize. For more information, visit our website or get in touch with the guys in the office to have a form sent out. So moving on to something a little bit different now. So we're about to launch the full findings of our PH and the Pandemic survey, which over a thousand of you completed this year. Um, There's a summary and emphasis, which you'll see when it lands in the next week or so, and there'll be a full report online. So we just thought that it'd be a good opportunity now to talk about why your participation in our research matters. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because that's one of the things I've been wanting to talk about on this uh, this podcast for the past three episodes, and you've finally given me permission to talk about it now. Here we go. Thank you. Uh, so one of the, the bits that we've had in the office over time whilst I've been here is uh, we we do, and I pride ourselves on it, we, we do a lot of survey research work, and particularly over maybe the past two or three years, we've done an awful lot. And members have contacted us in the past and said, well, we we don't, what what happens with that? What happens with these surveys that we complete and we fill in? And I thought this would be a great platform to sort of explain why we do that. Um, on our website, or if we if we write up an article, we usually say either survey or research work. And um, I know certainly before I started here, I, I would have wondered what's the difference between the two. And um, a survey is what you see questionnaire. It's it's. It's a questionnaire we can get out quite quickly and retain and get people's information in. So um, the COVID survey is what we've just done. So we've sent out a questionnaire via Emphasis magazine and we've also had it online. And that data's come back solely in the form of question and answer. Right, so we've got the, so that's the, the survey element to it. But what's, uh, so I mean, what the research, what would you, because it's an umbrella phrase more than anything else, isn't it? Yeah, research is essentially uh, the process of trying to find something out. Um, so as you've mentioned, surveys, that's that's one of the main tools that we use here at the PHA. Um, we also do focus group work, which is another type of research where we get a lot of people together, either physically in a room or online, to, to gather opinions. Um, questionnaires, which is another type of survey work, one-on-one interviews. So what we do here is different to clinical research, which is what you might be asked to do um, at your specialist centre. So that might be when some people think of research, that might be the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, blood tests, somebody testing something in a lab. So that's still research, but that's more clinical research. Could you describe it more as our research and surveys are more about looking at the the patient's lived experience rather than their clinical condition. I think that's a great that, way. That of, is a great way yeah. of, of explaining it. Yeah, because um, I think that's one of the 
the true successes of of our work, and I was going to mention this a little bit later on, but it makes sense to talk about it now, is how much quality quality of life now is at the fore of when people are having conversations. And I think that's a huge testament to the the survey and research work that we've done in the past, which is really putting quality of life to the fore now. So when people are talking about it, they do want to, clinicians, when they're doing more of the clinical research, want to know more about the lived experience of pH. And I think that's that's a huge congratulations to people who have completed these surveys historically and the, the sort of the information that they've offered to us, because that's what it is, a gift. People have filled this in us as a and, and offered us their adv- input and because of that now it's really driven that point of quality of life to the top of the agenda and you mentioned didn't you Sean when you were down at the um, physicians meeting in London um, a couple of weeks ago just how interested the clinicians down there were yeah and it was a it was a pleasant surprise because you know you always hope that that's what your work's doing it's 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 drawing that attention and interest from people but um, whilst we were there, and it was one of the um, the topics on the agenda that we spoke about to let people know that this information was becoming available. And whilst we were talking about it, clinicians were sat there and they were asking questions of what did patients think to this? And it was, they were asking because they were wanting it to inform their clinics that bit, that much better. So one of the questions was, um, how did people, how do people, how do members, patients feel about um, coming to clinics personally? And they were wanting to know what the wider community felt like because they've obviously got their, what their patients feel and the conversations that they have with their patients. But we have that wider, um, that wider input from an entire membership. So um, it's fantastic to see that it's got that, that immediate impact as well. The um so despite yes the 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 sort of, you know the 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 more obvious reports coming out and data going out on social media and that sort of thing that may take time but it's just that we're wanting it to be as accurate and look as great and as engaging as humanly possible. But whilst that's being produced there are we are directly informing um clinical service at that very point as well. So even though you listener may not necessarily see well it's taken a little while for that to come out there has been work ongoing immediately as soon as that survey report is sent in that's um that's helping to make the service that much better and you will see that report that sean's talking about um into ph in the pandemic um is in the overview of the findings is in the next issue of emphasis which lands from the 6th of december and then you'll also see the full report online. And if you keep an eye on our social media channels, we'll be popping out reminders and links for you to, to view that in your own time too. I think it's interesting to pick up on one of the things you said there, Sean, about it driving agendas. Because um, I think it, more and more it, over the years that I've been involved with PHA, I, I've seen how research and, and survey, survey work that's done uh, under this roof is more and more driving the activity or most of the activity that PHA do on a day-to-day, week-to-week but week-to-week basis, you know, that will, the process generally seems to be that a topic, if it's not already on our radar from, from previous research, um, then Ian, the chair, might bring something in from clinic and say, yeah, somebody talked about this, this is interesting, I think we should delve deeper into that and find out more about it, um, understand understand that issue 
how widely felt it might be from members. And then that gives us the um, uh, gives us the, the momentum and the impetus to think, right, what could we do about that? How can we address that issue that's been raised that we're finding out is widespread amongst the, the membership? What can we do to, uh, to, to, to help to address that? Yeah, and I think that's, that's a, again, a huge success of the work, as you said, because what that allows us to do is make sure that we're, we're sort of sailing in the right direction. Um, and one of, the thing, one of the reasons why I feel as though we've been as successful as we have um, with changing decisions, so you look at the, the, the NICE decision, but also the, the more recent Selexipag decision that was made. So that was, um, that was where a, a, a treatment was turned down initially, but with the impact of the patient voice through work that we'd done, we managed to overturn that decision. And by making sure we're going in the right direction, we have membership behind us and we're, we're, we're scratching where people are itching, which is something that we, we sort of use in meetings. And by making sure that we're doing that, we're making sure that we're supporting people the best possible way that we can. And we're not, one of the, uh, the benefits of being a small organisation is when something gets thrown up from that work, that it's very easy for us to pivot to support people very, very quick. There's no, um, there's no, not much red tape, really. It's sat around saying, well, this is what people think. Therefore, that's obviously what we need to be doing in supporting people. Yeah, let's go. Let, let's pick up on that. Let's delve into it and see, let's see where we get to with it. And what we can do to help. So ultimately, I think the legacy of all this survey and research work that we do here must be how quality of life has been moved to the fore. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. With the Christmas issue of Emphasis landing on your doorsteps in the next couple of weeks, we wanted to remind members that if you don't receive yours, please get in touch with us here in the office to make sure that your details are up to date. So we're on to my favourite bit of our episodes, which is where we talk about something that's made us smile over the last couple of weeks. And I think, Sean, you're going to kick this one off. Yeah, I just wanted to say thank you, really, to everybody who's completed the uh, the right to rehab slips and gone online. And um, we've got over 400 people, which is it's eclipsed what we expected, really. So just thank you. that that Thank you for taking the time and thank you for, for offering your, your input into that. So, and talking of nice things, um, if you haven't seen our video with PHA UK members Lindsay and Andy yet that we made for PH Week, then check it out on our YouTube channel and on our lifestyle site. So for those of you that don't know, Lindsay and Andy both have PH. They met on our private Facebook group three years ago and three years later, they're still going strong. So we went to chat with them at Lindsay's home in Darlington and they talked to us about how they support each other and how they make their relationship work. Um, have a watch, it's very uplifting, and we think that it will make you smile as well. So, that's another episode done and dusted, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> it's been a blast. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you want any more information about any of the topics that we've mentioned in this podcast, then as always, uh, please check out the show notes, uh, and we'll add everything in there. And thinking about the next episode, we're planning on talking about online support that's available over Christmas, uh, what we're all doing for Christmas and what we're looking forward to in 2022. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast to make sure that you don't miss an episode. And as always, if you could write a review, that would really help people find this podcast when they search for it. As long as it's a nice review though, hey? So see you next time, guys. <laughs>